The Anxiety and OCD Podcast by Robert James Coaching. Hello and welcome to the Anxiety and OCD Podcast, where we explore how to have a more positive relationship with anxiety disorders taking back control so that you can start living the life you choose and not the one chosen by your fears. Hello and welcome to the podcast everyone. Today I'm interviewing Liam who tells us all about his story of OCD, uh, some of the things that he found most difficult with having OCD Um, his experiences with therapy and working with therapists and um, also looking at some of the ways that he's learned to to manage living with OCD. Um, Liam's a really articulate guy and he's very good at explaining uh, the the difficulties that we all face when when dealing with OCD. Um, I hope you find it uh, helpful and enjoyable. Uh, If you'd like to give me some feedback please go ahead. Uh, also, if you want to check out my Instagram page, you can. It's Robert James Coaching UK. And if you'd like to join the Robert James Coaching Anxiety and OCD Support Group on Facebook, you are more than welcome to. Okay, guys, I hope you enjoy it. Many thanks. Okay, so today I'm here with Liam, who's had OCD for 10 years now, didn't you say? Yep. Yep. Okay, so can you tell us a bit more about yourself, please, Liam, like where you're from and kind of what you do and that kind of thing? Yeah, I, um, I'm a UX designer uh, in Amsterdam, and I've lived here about three years. Um, I'm originally from Northern Ireland, and yeah, I guess my background is like a creative tech type, and uh, yeah, I love like traveling, usual kind of person traveling, seeing friends, cinema, pubs, drinks, parties, uh, <laughs> very average. The standard thing. Yeah, the standard stuff, yeah. <laughs> cool. So when did you first start struggling with um, OCD? Um, well, you know, I think, I think I've been struggling with OCD for a lot longer than I was officially diagnosed. I think yeah. I had a tendency growing up to overthink, I think. I mean, how do you know what's a baseline average? Because everyone's in their own head. But I think I spent more time thinking and worrying as a child and a teenager than was probably normal. Hmm. And I think I was sort of predisposed to have it. And I can look back now at 34 and see what um, where OCD type behaviors and thoughts when I was younger. Um, officially, I got it when I was... I'd say 24, five. Mm. Um, and then it's sort of been ever since it's been, yeah. Persistent. Uh, yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. Okay. And, and what have you, what have you done up until this point to try and, to try and deal with it and to try and like manage it? Do you know, I heard a really great quote years ago and it was about, I think it was somebody talking about their depression or another 
affliction or disease or sickness that they had and they yeah. said the, the, along the lines of it's better to be a student of your affliction than a sufferer and I thought wow that's that's really like that's really powerful when you think of it like that because absolutely yeah 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 a choice to understand and learn what you're going through and not sort of sit at its mercy and go oh what was me so that honestly that sounds really sim simplistic but that little expression was it stuck with me ever since you know and i i've always learned i've always tried to learn more and more about my ocd because yeah. i mean I, I can be frank with you like last year it was coming up in new ways new you know new um obsessions and new things and yeah it does that all the time it kind of morphs into into new things and you think you're kind of dealing with it and suddenly a new one comes up and it's like geez this is a hard one to deal with and exactly and you're unprepared because you think oh that's not going to bother me and then before you know it it does and then you're in a spiral mm. but what i've learned like to keep me going is just kind of confronting it and not being afraid of it not not letting it kind of take charge and um talking about it is one of the biggest things that helps yeah absolutely sure. absolutely yeah I, I i really think you're right i think that's a, an amazing like uh message that you learned there and i i it's about kind of maybe being being curious you know about the ocd like like what is it actually yeah. like kind of um and and looking into ways like being open to kind of uh to find new ways to deal with it and that's that's a really healthy way of, of approaching it i think absolutely absolutely and and so much i've 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 done better is by learning about it and reading about it and meeting other people and just being as you say curious just kind of getting to to know it a bit better because it's such an intimate illness i guess if you want to call it i sometimes struggle with the lexicon because is it an illness i don't know it's chronic it's not yeah. you know it doesn't stop me i'm not you know it's strange i i don't know i am um, but talking about it learning definitely helps yeah i think in a way ocd is 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 amazing in a way because it makes you become a better person so to kind of overcome ocd you have to become a better person you have to educate yourself in how to learn to deal with anxiety and how to kind of um i don't know how, how to be more open to all of your emotions not just the positive ones and i think that's uh, actually a really healthy thing and you know we always tend to focus on the negatives of ocd because there are a lot of negatives obviously and that's the kind of thing that we're all stuck on most of the time but like sometimes there is something that's trying to teach you that i think is helpful and like, i try to kind of remind myself of that sometimes yeah totally yeah no that's very true very true yeah. um so when did you kind of first like speak to somebody or like family about it or like a did, like did you see a therapist first or what sure. did you do yeah i um well context i was living in dublin in 2010 mm. and my mom passed away that year and that oh, right. big obviously losing a parent and especially a parent you're close to yeah i'm sorry to hear that that's uh oh, yeah doubly doubly tough yeah yeah it was a hard it was a hard year there was a lot of um things that gone wrong that year i had was doing a master's degree i failed 
Um, I was working in a job that I loved and I lost it. I had to move back home. My relationship mm. that I was in ended. And then a little good thing happened when I got a job in Dublin. And then yeah. a couple of months later, my mom passed away. So it was just like a lot of change in a wow. short time. Yeah. yeah. I think I, I think my mind was processing in the background in some way. And then a year later, in around 2011, I was on an app and I, I don't know, I, I saw this international view and I saw this guy and was like, oh, okay, he's nice. And then we both were chatting to each other and then he lived in Canada and I was living in Dublin. And before yeah. we knew it, it was like a long distance, like get to know each other. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He came over to visit me and then I went over to visit him. But when I went over, I went over for a month. And at this time, I didn't have any OCD. I was completely myself. Um, yeah. I thought I got over the worst of the year um, mm. that happened previously. Yeah. And then just out of the blue, it was just like, what if I'm a pedophile? What if I'm... And then your mind starts... Well, my mind started spinning, and I started panicking, and I started freaking out. And yeah. it became this it just was so incessant. Like I couldn't stop thinking about it. Like what, what if, what if it's, what if it's true? What if I am, what if, and then you just the, the thoughts and images and every kind of permutation of that theme of that topic just was going like, it was, it was the worst period of my life. Like I know my mom died and I was close to her and that was hard, but I would put my OCD as harder because it was it just felt so foreign. It, it was like, this doesn't interest me. This doesn't uh, do anything for me. So why am I freaking out about this? Why is this? Why can't I ignore this? It's, it's so hard. Yeah. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. And so, of course, at the time, not knowing it was OCD, I was freaking out. I was terrified. I was panicking, like absolute. I was losing weight. I wasn't eating. Um, I was like I was on the edge of suicide. I was in a really horrible place. Well, but slowly yeah. I started to open up. I just told the guy that I was with, like, I wasn't quite myself. I wasn't thinking clearly, um, which was true. And uh, yeah. just that I wasn't feeling very well. And I then had Skype calls with my sister and my friend and was telling them a little bit the same, like, look, I'm just not feeling so great. And I'm kind of worried about a lot of stuff and the future. And, you know, I was kind of trying to tell them, but I wasn't telling them the whole truth either because it was hard. Yeah. 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 But it started to get a little better. Even my sister, like <laughs> she sort of joked with me and she's like, no, Liam, I'm just going to ask you a question. And she's like, you don't have to, you know, don't be worrying, but like, have you done any drugs? <laughs> and like, <laughs> I just I wanted to say yes, because a part of me was trying to figure out why. That's like an easy way out, be an easy way to explain it to them. Yeah, like, yeah. yeah. Had I taken something or done something, it would have made so much more sense. But this just appeared out of the blue. I was watching TV and it just was like an explosion in my head. It was like an atomic bomb. It just blew up and from there it just went on and on and on but I came home and the same thing I was really bad I hadn't slept in literally four days I was really at a bad like I was physically shaken I was really 
upset. I was crying. I was really, really bad. And when I came home, my dad just took me to a doctor. He was like, we're going straight to the to the GP. Like, you need to see right now. And in fairness, from then on, it got a little easier. I started opening up a little bit with time. Yeah. And then started to learn, oh, this is this is something uh, I can work with. Like, it's got a name. It's got a, a diagnosis. It's Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Okay. So that, that's good. So you, you managed to open up to the doctor and and, yeah. and then slowly to other people as well, I presume. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I kind of, I remember choosing my words very carefully because at the time I was so afraid that, you know, if I tell people this, are they going to believe me? Are they going to think I'm, you know, is there something suspicious? Are they going to, you know, I, you know, like I, obviously the theme, the topic is really, you know, so nobody is really interested and it's nobody wants to really hear that and I obviously mm. thought oh god people are going to like think that I'm deviant or that there's some underlying you know and you get scared and you only tell people little bits like I just at the start was telling people I was worried about my future which technically was true I but I just use my words very carefully because I thought I don't want people to think the wrong thing here you know Mm, absolutely um, yeah 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 Yeah, it's uh well a lot of people just don't understand about a lot of mental health problems especially OCD yeah um and yeah okay so so then you you uh I take it that you, you found a specialist in OCD that you worked with no uh, not really actually no? no I I think well okay so a year later uh, I left Dublin. Uh, I think I left Dublin around 2012 and I moved back home for a little bit. Mm. And prior to moving to Dublin, I was seeing a bereavement counsellor um, from the care um, charity that my mum was getting help from. They also provided counselling for family and stuff. And I was just seeing bereavement counselling just to kind of talk about my feelings. Yeah. And um, he, my dad thought it'd be good if I go and speak to him again. So, I kind of slowly started to open up to him, but um, it was just counseling. It wasn't quite therapy. Mm. It was just a signboard, you know, one hour for me just to kind of talk about whatever. But maybe initially that's that's what you needed. No? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, not to under undermine counseling and talk therapy, but I think I needed, looking back on it, more vigorous, more CBT, ERP type therapy. And Absolutely, I, yeah. I didn't get that for about, I'd say about three or four years later. Okay, okay. Yeah. Right. So you eventually came to it. So in those kind of three years, like, did you were, did you kind of like live with your OCD quite well? Did you learn to kind of manage it like yourself or what did you? Yeah. So my cousin actually has anxiety as well. And I don't think he has OCD, but he has anxiety quite, quite bad. Um, he panics a lot about what if he is sick in public, you know, yeah. I think maybe he's got OCD a wee bit because his theme, he has a theme and he has a topic. But uh, long story short, he basically advised I read a book. Um, what was it called? Yeah, the Charles Linden Method. And um, right. I tried it and I remember reading a line in the book and it said, 
Anxiety is a learned behavior. You can unlearn anxious behavior. And for some reason, I just started thinking, what if I want to unlearn? What if I what if I don't want to unlearn anxiety? What if I'm what if I want this? What if I'm choosing this? And then of course I went into a right. spiral of maybe this is a choice. Yeah. This is you yeah, know yeah yeah. So it became another it became another OCD topic. Oh God, it just wouldn't stop. Yeah, so yeah. I was getting very scared about reading about it for a while. I was kind of like, I don't want to know about it. I don't want to hear from anything or topic about OCD. And I remember really about, yeah, two or three years later, I think living with it. And at the time I was still seeing talk therapists. Yeah. And I don't think that was helpful. I, I think I saw in the course of four years, I think I saw nine doctors, seven therapists and a lot of nurses because I was not, I couldn't convince myself that this was OCD. Yeah, yeah, still, yeah. What if, yeah. what if they're wrong? This, this, you know. That kind of thinking but yeah. one day i vividly remember thinking uh, at the time my theme was about what if i kill my boyfriend and i thought one day at work i was like i, I can't do this anymore I, I actually i can't keep thinking about this fucking oh, <laughs> i was like no, oh, it's I, fine. Don't worry. <laughs> yeah i can't keep thinking about these things and I just gave up my mind I think what I was doing that day was acceptance and commitment therapy some trick or technique where I just accepted that I had these thoughts yeah and that was a big turning point for me I remember vividly Absolutely, that day yeah 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 yeah, yeah. yeah I, I, I think for me also when I uh you know when I turned 13 I finally realized I had OCD um acceptance was absolutely key although I don't allow I don't really like the word acceptance these days because it's such an open word and you hear it all the time like sure. all over Instagram sure. it's just yeah. accept your anxiety and it's Ooh. like well what on earth does that actually mean and how yeah. do you do that yeah um, but it is key and like maybe a better way of kind of saying it is to try to make room for anxiety or to make some space for it because that's all we're doing is is learning that it's okay to have anxiety that it's not necessarily a bad thing and, you know, kind of if you can get on with your life despite having anxiety, then you're going to feel a lot better. Absolutely. I completely agree. Anxiety is an emotion. Every emotion is a valid emotion. Um, you're allowed to feel whatever you feel because Absolutely. you're human and nobody's perfect. And everybody feels. It's like. When my mum died, I remember my sister being really like giving me a wide berth when it came to like grieving. She's like Liam and my dad, both of them really, they were both like, you do what you need to do. There is no way for your, there is no pro, there is no formality with this. There is no rule that you have to follow. And I often think that's true with emotions and OCD and my anxiety. Like, well, if I feel that today, then I feel it today. And that's just how I feel. And, and I give myself less of a hard time. And yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, 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 yeah. Unfortunately, I think we've we've got to a place uh, in our society now where we we kind of feel the social pressure to be to be happy all the time, and that's just not realistic. You know, sometimes we're going to feel a bit sad, and sometimes we're going to feel anxious, depending on what's going on in our lives. And you know, it's uh, as much as we want to be like, you know, super happy all the time. It's just it's very hard, and actually, like learning to embrace all of those different emotions is is so important and helpful. Um, yeah. Absolutely.
So um, what do you think has been the hardest thing about having OCD? How long you got? <laughs> <laughs> um, honestly, the theme, it, the whole area or topic around the way OCD has a subject matter, like the yeah. way it sort of just latches on to that thing that you find most abhorrent or, you know, it's kind of like, I always remember I went to a support group when I lived in London mm. and I remember meeting, sitting in a room with about 12 other people and listening to their OCD. And in my head, of course, I'm nodding going that, are you stupid? Like, how does that scare you? How does that worry you? But you know, that's them. So of course it's scary and terrifying because that's their fear and their obsession. And mine's is over here about this topic and somebody else might go, whatever, I don't remember about that. You know, so I think the theme thing is very difficult because it's the part that not everybody understands. Everybody thinks OCD, the hand washing, the counting, the checking, the compulsions are very obvious for people, but nobody talks about the obsessions because yeah. it's so taboo for some people for a majority i think yeah absolutely i would agree with that and and some of the themes can seem some of them are disgusting some of them are just you know like just strange and others are just like you just think that they're just weird like for example i was writing a blog the other day and i was trying to uh, describe some sensory motor obsessions that i used to have oh. uh, like yeah. in it like regarding my mouth and like different things uh, to do with that yeah. and when i was writing it down i was just thinking this is so odd like people who don't understand ocd are going to read this and just think like why are you worrying about that that's like there's nothing to worry about with that at all yeah. but unfortunately when you have ocd like th these bizarre things that before wouldn't have bothered us at all and clearly don't bother other people at all become like the center of our world it's like the only thing that you can think about is this horrible thing that you don't want to think about yeah and it's it's torture it's like people don't realize like yeah it seems like it's nothing but actually it's like to the ocd sufferer it is it's a it's a torment it's a yeah. real torment it's it is torture it, at its worst when mine really exploded at its at its time at the start i was i i was like i wouldn't wish this on my enemies i wouldn't wish this on hitler i wouldn't wish this on like i was so terrified that this is you know a thing that like i i was like i wouldn't wish this on anybody this is this is torment this is living torture you know mm. it's yeah that's the hardest part i think i think anybody can learn to get better anyone can and everybody learns differently therefore they learn quickly or slowly or complicated or simply mm. but i think the themes are like because that's the part that's the most that's the whole point i think is that it, it finds that thing that you find most personal or yeah you know absolutely yeah 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 it, it tends to it tends to kind of pick up on the things that you care about most exactly yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And uh, so after these kind of three years of you trying to kind of deal with it yourself and, you know, searching, speaking to different doctors and doing these like different things, you eventually found uh, a proper CBT therapist, was it? Yeah, I, th I think I saw. 
a CBT therapist. Yeah. 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 And that was in around my 34th year, I think, of it starting roughly. And at that stage, you know, I wasn't as consumed by it as I was at the start. It wasn't, I think, because a year previous or a couple of years previously, I did that. I did a thing one day where I just sort of gave up like my mind. Um, I had another theme. I was worried I was going to kill my boyfriend. Yeah. And that day, I just kind of remember reaching like a, do you know what? Hands up. I don't care anymore. Like, I, I think it's you, sometimes you get to a point where you're just exhausted. Yeah. You're so exhausted yeah. Yeah. of the process. And sometimes when it changes, it's it kind of indicates or shows you that what you were worrying about is actually nothing because when the new theme comes along, you mm -hmm. can completely forget the old theme. Yeah. And it's like it's not important anymore at all. And the new theme becomes like the, the biggest thing in the world. Oh, yeah. And it's, it's interesting because it kind of shows that actually like that thing that you were worrying about isn't actually kind of, you know, that worrying or, or something that's that important at all. Exactly. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I totally. The themes... It, it's your reaction to the theme, like the way you behave to the topic is mm. what's causing you anxiousness is, you know, yeah. the, the OC cycle. Yeah. And yeah. Um, what else was it? Yeah. What else were we saying? We were talking about. So, yeah. So the uh, therapist that you went to see. the oh, CBT yeah. therapist. Yeah. I, I remember him very vividly and because at the time, you know, I was so consumed with the themes and the topics I didn't know that it was my reaction, et cetera, what we just talked about. I had remember telling him about my fears and the obsessions and the thinking part. And I just remember him going, Liam, I honestly don't care what you're thinking. Like your behavior is what's causing you, you know, that he just repeated what I just said. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. He came at it from a very wise place. Um, and that was a big turning point for me because I suddenly learned, oh, shh yeah he's right i had all these different fears and obsessions but i keep reacting the same way i keep panicking about every single thought in my head yeah it's my it's me that's the problem <laughs> you know like in a way like yeah 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 so he kind of gave you a bit of like kind of psych education in a way of like this is what's going on in your head and you're repeatedly doing this and yeah it allowed you to kind of see the the processes for, for yeah. what they are. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. a real, it was a real humbling experience in a way because it was like a slap in the face. It was like, it's not your OCD. It's, it's you. That's the problem. You know, like that kind of thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 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 It was a really good shape. A, a useful, a useful slap in the face. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 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 Okay. And then he, so then he devised a, uh, a plan for you with ERP and that kind of thing. Yeah. Do you know, we done one ERP and at the time I didn't even know this was ERP because again, this whole journey, <laughs> I hate that word is like a learning experience. You know, like yeah. I didn't know at the time what he was teaching me was ERP, but he basically got me to write down the word pedophile in the book, just yeah. write it word after word, after word, just page after page, after page, just keep filling that book. And I know what he was doing. He was getting me to confront something that I didn't like looking at. And he's like, I want you to be bored of this exercise. That's how much you need to get to like that. The word doesn't cause any reaction on you. You don't panic. 
you just you're you're fed up writing down this word in a book do you know yeah 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 that really helped and from that moment on I remember him more helpfully than some of the other therapists and therapy that I did because it was just talking therapy there was no plan or homework or exercises you know that kind of thing yeah 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 okay so you did things in during the session that were helpful that were he was kind of during and outside of the sessions yeah mostly it was outside of the sessions and he was more of an educator if I put it that way than a therapist because I really learned about OCD from him I think it's really important that if anyone going through OCD is having a hard time they really 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 need to find a therapist who practices you know OCD um, recovery techniques because you know it's life or death literally absolutely absolutely life or death for some people because it's hard yeah absolutely I think it's really really important and uh, good advice um I couldn't agree more um yeah I think when I was struggling as well I had um you know I I saw several therapists and doctors Mm. and yeah like most of them just didn't seem to understand they just wanted to give me pills and wanted me out of their office as soon as possible um one of them eventually kind of agreed to give me some um some therapy on the NHS Mm -hmm. so I went along to this uh therapist's uh office and kind of like waited a long time to to get in and finally kind of got in there and there was this like harassed looking uh young therapist who was you know like amiable and and nice and kind but she didn't have a clue about OCD and you know wasn't able to help me at all um and it wasn't until I kind of you know researched and found somebody who was kind of experienced with these kind of things that I actually began to get some of the support that I needed um that and doing my own kind of research as well but yeah it's so important it really is to to find to find the right kind of help yeah because you know if you had cancer you're not going to go see um you know i guess dermatologist you know like yeah 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 yeah. go to see (laughs) person yeah you, you you go to see the respective professional and i think the same thing applies with therapy and mental health if you have an illness you go and see the correct doctor for that illness you know absolutely yeah 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 no i really agree that's a really really important message yeah okay um who are two people um that have been like the most influential for you in your like recovery from ocd i think you've kind of answered maybe one was your therapist that you kind of uh your, what you worked with yeah yeah he god i don't know if i could pick two because I feel like I've picked up little pebbles from everybody, you know? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You get little chunks of wisdom from, yeah. from different people that you see, for exactly. sure. <laughs> Maybe not quite related, related to the question, but I always remember from the grip therapy um, that I tried. I remember a girl there who was so upset because her she was worried about... Um, if she was in the wrong gender, that if she might be a man in a woman's body. Yeah. And I could tell, and I think other people could tell that night when we were talking with her, she was so upset. You know, she was crying. She was really, you know, I would use the word inconsolable, but she was very upset. 
Mm. And I just thought, wow, that must be really hard because she's experiencing what I've experienced, but my theme isn't that because I know I'm a man. I'm not, you know, gender and yeah, gender fear doesn't upset me. So it must be so hard. And that, that was like a little learning moment for me too because that taught me about themes and the topics yeah absolutely that yeah so I think I picked up a lot of stuff from a lot of people the therapist that day um at at the time he he helped me my dad helped me as well me and my dad we've had a bit of a, a distant relationship growing up and we've gotten closer as the years went on yeah and even recently when my OCD when bananas last year i um i needed him again and he was there and uh yeah that's great yeah you can definitely if you can count on friends and family like you're you're golden you know absolutely yeah i think it's it's so important to be able to open up to people and particularly your friends and family it's um you know i i would say though though to, to people that it's although it's very important it's like it's also important that you you know you kind of open up to the right the right ones you know the people that you definitely really trust and that you you think will understand yeah. these these things with OCD because unfortunately not everyone does understand and it's no. uh, like it, the worst thing is if you do open up to somebody and then they uh, they don't understand and they're judgmental or they're you know that's obviously not going to help so it you know yeah 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 I think I've had one negative reaction in the entire 10 years Wow, and it, came, and it came from a doctor. From uh, a doctor. From a wow, doctor. there we go. <laughs> so I don't know what that says. I don't yeah. want people to be afraid. Just as I like asterisk that sentence. I, if you're listening to this and uh, you're worried about telling a doctor, don't be. I think you're you have absolutely no fear in telling a doctor. But I just remember telling one doctor because at the time I couldn't convince myself that this was OCD. I was very fearful that this was something else, that it meant something else. Yeah. And therefore, I needed more reassurance. I was reassurance-seeking. My behavior at the time was, I need to keep asking, I need to keep checking. But at the time, I didn't know that. So when I went to see the sixth doctor at the time, um, I remember his reaction being very doubtful and questioning me and going, well, you know, have you ever wanted to act on these thoughts? Have you... Are you sure? And it just his manner and his tone. And I respect the questions because that he's a professional and he needed to do his work, his due diligence. But I just remember his character coming across to me as like, you don't trust me. I don't like you now. I'm afraid more than when I walked in here. Yeah. Because yeah, I, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. You know, I'm right. I know there's nothing to worry about you know yeah like, and he's yeah yeah exactly and he, he's basically just not uh, it's an example of a doctor who's just not clued up with OCD yeah. which is yeah. unfortunately is you know there's still so many doctors out there who are not yeah. like uh, I was speaking to a client the other day who explained to me a, a, a similar situation and uh, yeah it still happens all the time yeah it's a, yeah. It's a real shame it's frustrating yeah. um, okay um, when you're in the midst of an OCD, um, um, I don't know, when it's kind of getting really bad and the OCD is kind of taking center stage, like, are you able to notice how the anxiety kind of naturally kind of goes up and down in that situation? 
only with time. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. At the start, no, because first of all, I didn't know it was OCD. And then when I learned it was OCD, but wasn't convinced that it was real, I, you know, like, I, I think it's like a, fe- like, like a spectrum, you know, from like not having it at its very, you know, far end and then being in an absolute OCD anxiety spiral. I think there's a spectrum there. And as you swing from one side to the other, you learn how your anxiety can go up and down at different points and it can be you can either be anxious about the theme or you can just find yourself ruminating or checking or doing your compulsions to bring your anxiety levels down or for me like it's still a learning process my OCD I call them spikes like the spiked last year absolutely yeah um and I um I yeah I was not even sure at the time that it was OCD because I was worrying about my actual behaviors, things that have happened in my life that are real, like not these what if scenario thinking things. And, you know, that's, yeah, that's an interesting point actually. Uh, Cause often when you, uh, when real life problems come in, mm-hmm. when you're really stuck in an OCD uh, stage, it's funny how the real life problem can kind of push the OCD out you know, for like, uh, for like 24 hours or for yeah. whatever. And then suddenly, as soon as that problem solved straight away, the OCD can come straight back in and just, yeah, can swoop in. Like, yeah, it, it's yeah. like a wrecking ball. Like you, you think like you're this building and there's a wrecking ball and it's like, wow, I'm going to come through. And then wah, <laughs> like, they're just, yeah, they can kind of, take over and yeah. yeah yeah it's last year when I was worrying about like my actual life and actual things that have happened I call them like real events I didn't know it was OCD I thought I was just like oh you know I'm such an idiot I can't believe I said that or oh I can't believe I did that you know but I find looking back on it I was thinking about it way too much and I was being way too self-punishing about it because that's what happened when I had the thoughts. So it's one thing to have weird thoughts about, oh, what if you're going to, you know, stab someone or what if you're going to do something bad? It's another to have, you know, thoughts of like, oh, I really, I shouldn't have said that in an argument, you know, or, you know, I wish I had behaved differently at a party because, you yeah, know. Yeah, yeah, you're yeah. Yeah. Yeah, they, they can all become obsessions, even these these kind of subtle things that aren't quite so obvious. Yeah. You know, like they're not so dramatic, but they can still become obsessions where you kind of go over things that you did in the past. Yeah. Maybe if you have relationship OCD, you can go over again and again and again, like yeah. relationships and how you acted in certain situations. And yeah, I mean, OCD can jump on all, onto all of these types of things. Totally. It's, uh, yeah. And I think if you have like a relationship theme OCD or a health or, or something that's sort of within the realm of being normally conscious of, like you would be a little bit conscious about your relationship. You'd probably think, Oh, do I like them? Do I not? You know, it's normal to think those things Mm. that you're human. And, but I think I feel so sorry for people who have the relationship OCD because for them, when they try and tell other people, 
other people think like oh, why are you worrying so much like oh, i would all right oh i dumped them you know people are really quick to throw in their advice absolutely yeah 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 probably need at that moment is just somebody to listen <laughs> i mean because everyone thinks they're a, like an expert with relationships you know, because it's something yeah. that we all we all deal with yeah but yeah. uh <laughs> so when it comes to like the real real life ocd topics and themes i think they're tough because yeah it's it's hard to separate like the fictional aspect of some themes like harm ocd it's hard to separate that from relationship OCD because one is sort of fictional and the other is factual, you know, it's like, yeah, 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 yeah. absolutely. Okay. And, um, do you have, I mean, these days with the OCD, like, how are you feeling now? Have you got to a place where you're kind of, you know, like more or less comfortable with it and sometimes it kind of comes up every now and then, or like, how do you feel these days with, with your, with the OCD? Like, I, I feel like I've done better with the themes and topics more yeah. than actual OCD as a totality, like as a, mm. as a single unit, if, if that makes sense, because yeah. I spend so much time with the obsessions and I have some, compu- like, put it this way, I didn't learn until two years ago that I had compulsions. I thought I just had obsessions. Um, I found a video on YouTube uh, of a therapist explaining that compulsions. There's always compulsions. Compulsions are inward just as much as they're outward. Like you don't have yeah. to hand washing to have compulsions. Yeah. You can yeah. be ruminating. Yeah. You can be checking the past. You can be yeah. looking for evidence. You know, those kinds of things. Re- reassurance seeking. It's like a lot of it is reassurance seeking behavior. When, when you kind of deep delve down into it. Yeah. It's. Uh, I wish I learned that years ago because I thought I got really sad when I learned that because I thought I could have saved so many years of worry if I had just known that all this time I had compulsions, you know, it was really sad. And even that therapist, like in my fourth year of having it, he was so helpful, but even he didn't help point. Identify those. Yeah. 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 Compulsions were also a thing. Yeah. I think that's a that's a problem with calling with calling it um, pure O because there's no such thing really as pure O. There's always there's always compulsions. Otherwise, it's not OCD. And when you when you when you call it purely obsessional, it's misleading. Yeah, yeah. Like recently, like last year, I the themes became all about my me and my own behavior and real life events. So. At the time, I didn't know, but I was, my compulsions were confession, confessing. I had to, if I didn't confess something or, or tell my partner something, I would feel like so much anxiety if I didn't get this off my chest. And then I had to learn that by confessing and reassurance seeking, I'm making this worse. Yes, if this is a real thing and you should talk about the reality of certain things you've said or certain things you've done, but you shouldn't be spending so much time on it the way you are. You should talk about it, get over it, move on, rather yeah, than yeah. this constant spiral and cycle. Absolutely. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So um, moving on from that, 
is there do you have any like um like tips or like techniques that you'd like highly recommend to other people that you you know that could be helpful for them um i think it's such a personal experience you know i think it's you really have to first of all primarily your north star should be what you define like i think whatever you're experiencing and however you should cope with it like put it this way i don't know what it's like to have a hand washing compulsion so i can't advise on what's a good behavior when that happens you know mm. uh, what's a good technique because that's so individual to that person that you know i can only speak from my own experience and say just learning to like ignore your own head for a little bit and as hard as that is because you know you you have your thoughts you know everybody has their stream of conscious sort of stuff hmm. throughout the day it's really hard to tune out from that like i think i was it's like watching tv when you were a kid you used to sit really close to the screen you know and then as you got older you kind of set back more and more i think there's like a kind of a similar okay. technique involved you need to yeah, 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 yeah. step away a bit from these the content isn't really that important it's what you're doing that's okay important. so say say like you're using like uh using the idea of the television mm. um if rather than kind of staring very very closely at the tv screen you're going to sit back in the armchair you're going to kind of like you know notice everything in the room yep. notice the traffic outside like paying attention to everything that's going on that's going on in that moment and not just focusing in on the the, the pixels of the of the of the screen yep yeah that sounds like a mindfulness technique you know where if you sit yourself back in the armchair relax sit back look mm. at the room listen to what's in the room look outside you know like to kind absolutely like that metaphor it's like yeah, yeah, yeah. mindfulness right there like absolutely yeah yeah i think it's uh yeah, you could call that like an anchoring, like uh, like metaphor that you might use in mindfulness or or act. And uh, yeah, I, I think those kind of things for me are really really helpful. Um, yeah. And yeah, because it allows you to kind of create a little bit of space. I think whenever I'm kind of whenever I get an OCD thought that comes up, it's like one of the most important things I have to do is just create a little bit of space from that thought. So that I, you know, like I, I, I like to think of it like kind of um, like if you're fishing and uh, the fish will come along and it will see the hook and it will, you know, often it will kind of like bite down onto to the hook. Mm -hmm. And if you're really stuck with OCD, then you will really, really bite down onto that hook and you will get yourself stuck on it. And then you will start to struggle and you'll get yourself more and more and more stuck. However, if you kind of are, are being more aware and you're being a bit more mindful, then you can kind of see that hook, but there's that little bit of space between you and the hook and you're able to see it, but you're because you have that space between you and the thought, you might bite onto it, but not hard enough that you're gonna get stuck on it and you're able to kind of swim away from that hook and still be okay. And I think that's another useful metaphor to kind of look at it like that, you know, like, um, you know, we're all swimming around in the sea and uh, we need to try our best to, yep. to whenever those kind of uh, whenever the bait comes along and it tries to tempt us, which is yep. what OCD is like the obsessions are like bait. They're trying to tempt us 
to kind of focus on those those things and then to start performing compulsions and when when you perform compulsions that's like kind of you know biting hold of the hook and you really get stuck so uh, with that metaphor the idea is just to kind of notice all those hooks because you know we can't get rid of the hooks we're going to have the thoughts no matter what we do the obsessions are always going to be there but we don't have to bite them. We can just kind of allow them to be there and swim around in the sea anyway. And when we do that, we kind of, it's okay. We learn that the obsessions aren't the enemy. The obsessions are, you know, they're just thoughts. They're just things that are going to be there. And if we stop kind of biting them, then they leave us alone and we, yeah. you know, we're okay. Yeah, definitely. Definitely fish hooking. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Smell. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah um cool well we're just about there um if you could be in my shoes and uh there is a question that i haven't already asked what question would you like ask yourself ask myself (laughs) oh this is where i could get really existential like i i put it this way i'm i'm planning a holiday uh to japan this year because I'm like, I've always wanted to go. I've, I've been nice. saved up for it. I'm yeah. going to have an adventure holiday. But at the, t- at the time, like I was researching stuff and I was looking up videos and I was like, oh, now I want to live in Japan. This guy looks really, in- like he looks like he loves his life. Am I, <laughs> I start thinking, do I love my life here in Amsterdam? Do I love, I would ask myself, like, stop. No, that's not even a question. It's like an instruction. It's like, why, why are you spending so much time on this? Like, what, um, what's your, do you know what, recently, I, no, a better answer is, what's your metric? Right. Because I really believe OCD, like, is so personal. Like, I have said that a few times, like, it's so individual that your standard and your compulsions and your obsessions are yours and yours alone. Yes, you, you might have hand washing, you know, a few other people might have that, but maybe yours is different because you do it in a certain way compared to somebody else. And it sounds really trivial, but I think those little things are like important for the sufferer because you just want somebody to kind of notice you and acknowledge you, what you're going through and sort of say, yeah, that sucks. Like, I'm not going to judge you. I'm not going to sit here and say, get over it because that doesn't help anyone. So like, what's your metric? Like, what are you comparing yourself to? What are you holding? What standard are you holding yourself to? If your obsessions, sometimes like mine are about me and my own behavior or ego or. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That kind of, that sounds really complicated but i don't know does that make sense no absolutely yeah 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 yeah. no i think you're right ocd is such a personal thing and you know it um it tends to as we were saying earlier it tends to focus in on like our personality traits and and our own kind of like weaknesses maybe like you know it kind of uh focuses in on on these things or the things that we really care about things that are very important to us in our personal lives and it's uh yeah absolutely absolutely I, I, I would recommend um, a book called The Imp of the Mind. Um, right. It's 
it was uh, it was a great learning moment for me because again the, the the author is a psychologist himself so he recommended different techniques and different um uh, tricks to kind of help you sort of get through through the, through mm. this yeah and he he said so i remember it always stuck with me it was your obsessions are thoughts what was it he called it um unimportant thoughts at the most inappropriate time no inappropriate thoughts at the most inappropriate time mm. that's all it is it's just your mind being a little bit hyperactive you know um and yeah i remember that book sticking out for me in terms of that I absolutely yeah. it's just the way the mind works unfortunately it's like if you don't want to have a thought if, if you tell your mind like i do not want to have this thought mm-hmm. you're going to get more of those thoughts yeah yeah. Um, and the more you say to it, I don't want to have it, the more you're going to have it as you know, yeah. they've done so many kind of experiments, uh, yeah. to, to prove that that is the case. And yeah. it's just the way, it's just the way the mind works. Yeah. And we don't, unfortunately, we don't have any control of like the content of our obsessions or exactly. any of these things. Um, but what we do have control over is what we put our attention on. So, you know, we can, we can choose to kind of, put our attention onto, um, you know, healthy things and positive things and, you know, to allow the kind of anxiety and the OCD to be there in the background, but we're kind of turning down the volume on, on the sound when we do that. Um, but yeah, Liam, unfortunately, uh, I think that's, we run out of time, but, um, it's been absolutely fantastic talking to you and, uh, thanks a lot for, for coming onto the podcast. So there you go, guys. I hope you found that helpful today. I really like the way that Liam was able to articulate his uh, struggles with OCD. And hopefully some of you can relate to that and and find it helpful. Uh, Remember, if you want to know more about Robert James Coaching, you can find me on Instagram. You can also uh, check me out my website, uh, www.robertjamescoaching.com. And of course, the Facebook group as well. Okay, guys, look out for the next one and see you soon. Cheers. And now just a quick reminder of my disclaimer. Any information that you view on my website or any information that you listen to on the podcast is for informational purposes only and is not intended to be a substitute for actual medical or mental health advice from a doctor, psychologist or any other medical or mental health professional.